Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. And all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. And all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Just sing a new song to the Lord or make a joyful noise before him. Just let something come up out of you. Just acknowledging him. Even if you're just saying, I love you, Lord, or I give thanks to you, Lord. Oh, we bless your name. Hey, bless his holy, his holy name. like an anthem. We're off script right now. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy, hallelujah, hallelujah, can we do that again, oh, bless the Lord. Just lift your hands while the music plays or, or lift your voice or lift both and just acknowledge his goodness to you. Lord, we thank you today. We thank you for the cross. We thank you for the life you gave. We thank you for the blood you shed. We thank you for your body that was broken, that hung there dying in our place. Oh, bless the Lord.
today, God, we say thank you. We give thanks to you tonight for your great goodness toward us, your people. For you have redeemed us, you have loved us, you've redeemed us, you have called us by name. You bought us back from the slavery and the tyranny of sin and death. You have liberated us from the prisoner of war camp in planet earth. The, to those that are caught in the bondages and the slavery of sin and death, you have freed us. You have delivered us from the kingdom of darkness and you have translated us into the kingdom of your dear son. Hallelujah. And we bless the name of Jesus in this room today. Thank you. Thank you. If he's been good to you in any capacity, if he's been good to you and you're grateful today, here's what I want you to do for about five seconds. I want you to just put your hands together and I want you to lift your voice as loud as you can and just tell him thank you today. Just happens, you're never ready for it. 
But let me tell you who is. Amen. Jesus said, this is what he said, I'm going to my father and he's going to send you another comforter. Thank God for the comforter, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We welcome those of you that are online. In fact, uh, who's back? Uh, Miss Michaela, could you pull up camera three? And do you know how to hit preset one on that? Could y'all get camera three pulled around on the congregation and y'all just wave at me when y'all get it up? Okay. So we want to welcome our online, you are congregation. You're not an audience. You're not spectators. We're not here putting on a show. This is not a program. We're here to worship God. And all you are online, whether you're uh, on vacation, whether you're sick at home, or whether you're in a hotel room or in your car or at work, I want you to know we are expecting the same anointing in this room to hit you where you are. Amen. All right, so everybody look over here at this camera up here. So over there near that vent where all that stuff's on the wall. I want y'all to wave at it. Just holler good morning and welcome to the folks that are with us online today. Oh, come on, y'all can do better than that. Somebody might need encouragement online today. We welcome y'all today. There are going to be thousands of people. We got hundreds in here, but there are going to be thousands of people all around the world worshiping God with us via this live stream. So I want y'all to let's put everything we've got in it to exalting Jesus and lifting him high. It's all about him. Amen. Let me pray with y'all. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I bless these folks today. And uh, Lord, as we start off this, this service and as I proceed today, to lead us by your Holy Spirit as we walk through our, our, our order, our agenda. Lord, we don't mind watching, walking off and marching off however and whatever you want to do. But Lord, we've sought your heart in what we have laid out. And we ask you to anoint it. And if you want to do something different, we'll ball up that piece of paper and march right with you right off the map. Because you're the sovereign God here. You are the King and you are the Lord. So, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we pray that you would show yourself strong in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. If you hadn't done so yet, hurry up and get your smart device out. Our live stream is already going on Facebook, so you can get on Facebook and just promote that out. We're not here to promote us, but I believe what God's doing here, what God is saying here, I want it to get into people's lives because it's life changing. If you believe that too, give the Lord a shout of praise, would you?
draw near to see Jesus face to face. God is here, God is here, God is here, He is able. We draw near to see Jesus, oh, oh Jesus, be And I've never been more glad that I 
on, shout it out. He won't. He won't. He won't fail. He won't fail. He won't. He out one more time. Rains came. It rain came when my house was built on you. 
you're thankful this morning that he will never leave you nor forsake you, that he cannot fail, he will not fail, not able to fail, can you just lift your hands and praise him for that right now? Thank you, Father, that you're an unfailing God, and you may be seated in his presence. We're going to have some testimonies this morning, and um, I plan to just do it from over there, and I forgot about live streaming. I don't even know if the camera will go over there or not. And so um, I wanted to share some testimonies with you this morning of what God has been doing in this house. I'm so thankful, first of all, for, um, for his touch on my life. Laura, you can just stay up here um, so you won't have to walk back up. I thank the Lord for his uh, touch on my life, that this is the first time in about six weeks that I've been able to climb up those back steps back there. I want to thank the Lord for Pastor Faith. She was out for a while. Isn't it great to have her back on the platform? Let's give the Lord praise for that. 
And also, three weeks ago, Laura was able to come back to the platform and be part of Priest of Praise for the first time in a very long time. Let's give the Lord praise for that. Now, I want to give you a biblical foundation for these testimonies from the Psalms. Sing a new song to the Lord, let the whole earth sing to the Lord. Sing to the Lord, praise his name. Each day proclaim the good news that he saves. Not just at church on Sunday, each day. Publish his glorious deeds among the nations. Tell everyone about the amazing things he does. Great is the Lord, he is most worthy of praise. Give thanks to the Lord and proclaim his greatness. Let the whole world know what he has done. Sing to him, yes, sing praises and tell everyone about his wonderful deeds. At Walmart, at Golden Corral, at Miyako's. Um, Remember the wonders he has performed, his miracles and the judgments he has given. Let us praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things he has done. Let us exalt him publicly before the congregation. Give testimonies before the congregation and before the leaders of the nations. Don't be afraid to speak out everywhere. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. And so I have quite a few who are willing to testify this morning and tell of the wonderful things God has done. And, um, but, and I was just going to like call them all up here at one time, but I know how, uh, how uh, we get sometimes when we start talking about the goodness of God, we just don't give up the microphone very fast. And so in the interest of time, I'm just going to call a few up at the time, okay? So Trevor and Rebecca, if you all would come on up and bring Israel. And while they're coming, I'm going to let Laura testify. They've got long testimonies and a lot of miracles, but they all agreed to do it with brevity. <laughs> First, I want to thank God and for his mercy and grace because without him, we wouldn't have our daughter. Um, she had an accident in April. She had 5% of her body was covered. Um, they had to redo our whole house because they found asbestos in it, so they had to gut our house. But either way, Danica had her last surgery this past week. She won't have to have another surgery. Um, Today actually marks nine years since Danica's had her last chemo treatment. And do an abbreviated version. Um, February 1st, I was hurt and I missed my shoulder up real bad. And I have not been able to lift my arm. It's only God. I promise you, if you have anything, God is God is so good to us. Amen. Amen. Good job. Let's give the Lord praise. We, we don't have time to sing look like the put like the blah, blah, blah. rewind. I don't know how to do that. We don't <laughs> We don't have time to sing look what the Lord has done after every testimony this morning, but that's what I feel like breaking out in a dance and singing, look what the Lord has done. Can we just give God a better praise for what he's done for the top? Those of you who may not know, this is Trevor and Rebecca Murphy and their beautiful baby Israel. We were grocery shopping when Miss Bleece called me, and uh, I got off the phone, and Beck said, "Who was that?" I says, uh, "Miss Bleece." 
she wants us to give a testimony about Israel Sunday at church. She said, oh, that'd be good. You can do that. I said, no, she said, we. So uh, her being up here is a big thing. Um, so uh, April 16th was a membership Sunday, and uh, we joined the church that day. And uh, um, we got home after eating Mikasitas, and uh, Becca's water broke. And um, throughout the whole pregnancy, everything was normal. Uh, all the scans, all the ultrasounds, everything looked great. Um, they kept saying, oh, he's just a big baby. And we just kept saying, I wonder where he gets that from. And, uh, but uh, everything looked great. And uh, around 8 o'clock that night, he was born, just a beautiful baby boy. Everything's healthy. Everything's good. He comes to the room with us, uh, relaxing in the room. By 5 o'clock that morning, they come and say, hey, we, uh, we're going to take him for a bath. So yeah, we're, um, we have two kids prior to him. So we said, oh, bath, that means we've got about an hour nap. We're good. Um, so about an hour later, they come back in, and, uh, and uh, something happened. And uh, hey, uh, don't mind my tears. There's a better ending coming, so I promise. Uh, but anyway, they come down. They said, "Man, something's happened, and uh, we don't know exactly what it is." Um, so we're freaking out. We don't know what's going on. So we go down. Uh, I go down to NICU. Becca couldn't go. I go down to NICU and uh, go to the room, and there's doctors and nurses, and um, I was a detective for 11 years, and um. So I know when you're at the hospital and they start crowding up, it's not a good thing. Um, and uh, so they're talking and the cardiologists come in and they're doing scans. I'm looking at the screen and think, God, I don't know what's going on. I just see blue and red on the screen and cardiologist, he gets done. He said, Dad, um, something's wrong and something's bad wrong. And uh, he's got to have surgery today. Uh, his heart is, uh, is a mess. And... Uh, they said, we can't do it here. It's beyond what we can do, uh, but we're going to fly him to Charleston, and they'll do that surgery today. And uh, I didn't start praying right then. Um, I'm also from McCall, so I got a little hood in me. I said, Doc, I don't need all these fancy words. I need you to tell me what's real and what's going on. Is my son going to live, or what do I need to do? Because I, uh, I got my in-laws, and I got my wife back, and I got I to gotta tell them what's wrong with my baby. And uh, he said, uh, I'll never forget his words. He said, son, this is a life-changing event, but we're going to get him there. We're going to try. And uh, I don't know if he's a believer, but what he didn't know something I know because I've seen God move before. And so on the elevator, back up to our floor to go to Rebecca, I prayed in the elevator. And it wasn't anything fancy. I said, regardless of this outcome, God, regardless of what happens, this can't change the nature of you in our lives. And this doesn't change who you are and your goodness. Uh, so um, they fly Israel to Charleston. Uh, they rush back out of there, get her out. We go, we get to Charleston, and then God starts moving. And uh, it's, we're not going to have a surgery today. We can wait a couple days. Then we can wait a couple more days. And uh, then at 16 days old, he had his first open heart surgery came through like a champ and um he's got two more coming uh in the future to fix everything else in there um excuse me but god's still moving that situation so when we came home there's two ways to fix the heart how his heart is and one's called a single ventricle uh correction and then there's a double ventricle correction and basically the single ventricle means that we can't save the whole heart but we can save one ventricle and that'll that'll do for as long as possible um but Becca called me uh, after his cardiologist appointment this week, actually, or I think it was last week, and um, she said that the cardiologist was talking, and um, we expected surgery this year, but now it's going to be next year. And uh, the doctor started saying um, 
double ventricle correction, double ventricle correction. I said, man, I thought we were talking about single. He's talking about double, but Israel's heart is doing better than, than what they expected and what they, what they saw. Um, and, uh, but he's, uh, he's blowing their minds with medical stuff. And then one last thing with this whole situation. So um, we got back, back from the hospital, and we were just thankful that God has saved him and, and is working in him and fixing his heart. Um, but then a couple days after getting home, we started getting those letters in the mail. Because they like, hey, y'all gotta, you got to pay for, you know, y'all, y'all stayed at the hotel, uh, Sean Jenkins, for a month and a half. Um, so uh, we got his bills in, and his two big bills, the first one was like $760,000, $770,000, and the second one was $192,000. And um, so we, you know, one thing we were big on, we had kids, we were like, we're going to make sure we have money, you know, set aside for our kids and start funds, and when they get old enough, they'll have something. Well, when this happened, we started doubting that, like, we're going to have to clear all this out and kind of clear savings and everything else. And they told us about programs you can apply for and, um, and grants and funds and stuff that will help. And we'd apply for everything, but everything we applied for, it was one reason or another why we couldn't get it and couldn't get the help. And, uh, and then Monday, so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm bad about when I get bills, if I leave it on the counter, it'll go down a little bit. So I'll leave it on the counter for a few days. So, uh, so we get a bill Monday, and it was the one for $192,000. And uh, so we open it up, and, um, and that's another blessing. I ain't going to go on that, but Becca can't work right now, but the school district works it out where she can keep her insurance up until January. So that's, that's another win for us, for God. But about $192,000, we are able to pay off because we were accepted for some programs, some assistance that kicked in. So $192,000 bill, we paid $319 total. $319 total. That's total. That's, so. And then the $700,000 bill, the $700,000 bill, they since uh, we checked the my chart and went through all that, the $700,000 bill has been knocked down to $44,000. When they say, well, hold on, it's still pending. We're going to see if we can do a little bit more. So we're believing God and thanking God that we're going to go into surgery number two next year, debt free. In Jesus' name, debt free. Charles has a word for them and the baby. Okay. Don't fear. Don't fear. The Lord is near to this child. This child has been chosen and selected. This child is separated unto me for my purpose, for my glory. Yes. I have my hand on your child, yes. even its name. Don't fear. Don't fear. The Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. Just as the song you sang, he won't. He won't. Fail. He, won't. he won't fail. I won't leave you. Hallelujah. I am with you. Yes. Don't be afraid. Amen. This child belongs to me. This child is selected and chosen for my purposes. Yes. Dedicate him unto me, yes. and I will keep him. Yes. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Let's give the Lord praise for that. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hold him up really high for everybody to see. So right before our eyes, there's a miracle in the making. Right before our eyes, we see God doing it. Aren't you thankful? Thank you so much. You may be seated. There's a couple of our young people who are prepared to testify this morning. I'm going to ask them to come forward at this time. weekend and um Courtney texted me this morning and was like can you please share I was like oh gosh you know I wasn't prepared um but I prayed the Lord would give me a word to say this morning um this conference was nothing like I really expected it to be um you go to these big conferences and there's all these fog lights and machines and the worship and everything and that's cool, but when you came here, it was just set up like this, and I felt the Holy Spirit more than I did at any of those conferences I went to, whether it was on the mountain, whether it was in Atlanta, but right there, I got the baptism of the Lord's Holy Spirit, and it was not like no other. Um, the Lord revealed to me that I have a calling on my life. And I'm anointed, and I've had several people tell me that, you know, Hannah, you're a leader in the church. You're a leader. And Pastor DJ Bird, we had a panel, and one of the questions were something to do with anointing and a calling on your life. And he said, everyone's called, but everyone's not called to be a pastor. And that kind of sat with me because he sat there, and he revealed to me that I was, you know, a leader, and I was anointed. But I was like, Lord, what is it? Lord, what is it? And I've recently been praying, Lord, refine me and help me. And if you don't know what the word refine means, it means remove impurities or substances that shouldn't be in something. And I've been praying that recently, and he has opened many doors. He has closed many doors because I've prayed that prayer. And I sat there, and that was just confirmation. And that was just the Lord showing me that he's going to work in me no matter what it is. Amen. 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 Isn't God good? Okay, Brayson. I want to start by saying thank you, uh, God, for uh, everything he does for me. And uh, this last weekend, uh, Friday, uh, I was called and I made a step to uh, my calling. And I want to thank James, Earl, and Courtney for helping me through this process. Amen. Amen. Thank you for accepting the call of God on your life. Aren't you thankful when God calls young people? God's church is alive and well. Aren't you thankful? Amen. Well, we have a, 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 I'm going to do one more testimony this morning, and then we'll catch up with the others later. I appreciate those of you um, who, that I don't call this morning. Just keeping your testimony hot for us, okay? But I'm going to ask Beth and Michael to, Malcolm to come forward and uh, share their testimony at this time. 
Um, they're new to our church. Any, any of your family that wants to come with you, that's great. They're new to our church. We give the Lord praise. They have a, they have a wonderful testimony. of how the Lord led them here. I just think it's beautiful when, when God starts calling people from the east and the west and the north and the south and we make up that body of Christ. That's beautiful. Whoever wants to go first. Good morning, everyone. Uh, this is a big change from what I'm used to. Usually about 20 people in front of me. Wow, I can do it. <laughs> I, first of all, I want to say thank you to the man, our, our creator, as you can tell, I'm not used to using microphones, and this is all new to me. But I want to give thanks to the Heavenly Father above for coming into our home and making a difference with all four of us. He's been definitely moving in our lives. I'll give you a little background history without taking a whole lot of time up here and being greedy with a microphone. Uh, we come to the little town of Laurenburg looking to start a new life in the new town. Uh, the wife and our daughter, we pretty much were looking for a home, but we were not even considering Laurenburg. It was not even on our radar. <laughs> but here we are. <laughs> we were looking for a church and you know, a place to worship God and give him thanks all of his blessings and we found our home here and he's moving in our home and I thank him every day for it I'm going to pass it off to Beth and God is great I, he's just great um, my, my daughter got saved, and like Malcolm was saying, I mean, we rededicated our life, and I mean, we were just praying, you know, Lord, lead and guide us, um, just like a, a home. We weren't even looking this way, but, you know, God, this house come available. We all three went and looked at it and, and loved it, and we were, you know, okay, Lord, we were looking for a church to go to. Yes, ma'am. Mm -hmm. Yes, ma'am. They were living in Florence. Yeah. <laughs> the Lord led them to Right. <laughs> um, and um, Callie came and lived with us, and she got saved. Um, at, uh, the first, the first night at the um, youth conference. So I mean, God is just moving. God is just moving. Amen. I mean, and He's great. Amen. And I think. Thankful for all his blessings. Hey y'all, I'm Caitlin. Um, one thing is kind of small. It's not anything big, but it was big to me. Um, I got saved March 29th of this year, so I'm like five months in. I'm still new, still a baby. Um, but one thing I want to speak on is character development, because um, I'm nowhere near who I used to be. I used to be negative. to be a really bad person, horrible attitude, and I mean like selfishness to the top. I didn't care about how I affected anybody. I didn't care about if anybody loved me, if I, if I loved anybody. 
It was all about me, and I know that's just the devil using using all he can against me to just spread hate and instead of love. And that's what um, Mr. Danny was talking about is we need to learn how to spread love. And when I got saved, it's always been this one scripture that stands out to me, and it's Matthew five sixteen. Let your light shine so bright before men so that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. And that is literally all I can focus on doing in my walk is just being that light to somebody else. And I've had so many people come to me, friends, people I don't even know, and they're like, Kayla, you're such a great person. You're such a great person. Like, you have changed my life. You have opened a door for me I didn't even know could be open. And I didn't know I could make that type of influence on somebody. But I know through God, he did that through me. And I just want to give him thanks for that. I want to give him praise for that. Because he really he really changed my heart. He renewed my heart and renewed my mind. And I, I'm so grateful for that. I'm so grateful for that. Hi, guys. So um, I just want to say if you're in a situation where it seems so bad and you're just not happy, Give it to God and he will solve it because I was in that and I'm not going to get into details, but that's why I came with them and because I asked God, you know, help me do this, help me, and he gave me them again. I just want to say thank you for everyone here, the ones that has been praying for us and um, praying for our family. We just... Thank you so much. Amen. I want to just point out one thing. Uh, earlier, Pastor Kim um, uh, prophesied that this was the year for prodigals to come home. You know, we're expecting prodigals everywhere to come home, Justin, just, but, but she specifically said that those who belong to Northview, even some who'd grown up in Northview but was away from God. But I was thinking about that as this, this family was away from God and God called that prodigal daughter home. And a result of calling that prodigal daughter home, they rededicated their hearts to the Lord and then she got saved at the youth conference. Isn't God good? Let's give him praise. Thank you so much. Great job. Great job. Great job. How great is our God? How great is our God? We're going to close by singing, close the testimony time by singing that. But let us all stand. And we're going to thank God for these testimonies this morning. God, we want to thank you for what you're doing. We want to thank you because you're a good God all the time. We, we just bless these people who've given these testimonies today, Father. Many times when we make a testimony, a public testimony, the enemy doesn't like that, and he tries to fight it. But we cover them with a the hedge of protection, a wall of prayer right now, and we decree and declare that they are overcomers. They are more than conquerors through Jesus who loves them. And God, we lift up every person on our prayer shield today. We lift up every need in this house today. Touch bodies in this house. You're so great that there's nothing that you cannot do in our online audience. You're so great that you can heal everybody watching today. We thank you for that, God. And God, in the name of Jesus, I come against every power and principality of hell that is seeking to destroy homes and seeking to destroy our young people. We decree and declare we speak the name of Jesus over our families. We speak the name of Jesus over our church. We speak the name of Jesus over our lives and we decree and declare the blood has not lost its power. We bind every attack of the 
the enemy against your people. And we say, be free in the name of Jesus. Be free in the name of Jesus. God, we can say that because our eyes are on a great, big, wonderful God. You have the name that you've given us, the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that you are Lord. Let's declare how great our God is this morning. Great. 
name above every other name. He's the name. that you are a great, great, great and mighty God. We are so grateful to you for all that you are to us. Not just what you give us, but who you are. God, thank you. Thank you for these testimonies. God, thank you for everything that you're doing in every person in this place. We thank you for your presence. We just thank you, God. We are so grateful. We are so grateful. Let's just praise him and thank him for just a minute before we sit. God, we're so grateful. God, you are worthy of glory and honor and power and praise. You are worthy of more than we can ever give you. God, we are so grateful. We are so grateful for your goodness and your faithfulness, for your grace and your mercy and your love, God. We praise you and we thank you this morning. God, you are worthy. You are so worthy. We praise you this morning, God. Thank you. We thank you, God, and we praise your name. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. While you're being seated, before you do, turn around and tell somebody how great he is to you this morning. You can be seated.
God, we thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for speaking to your people, God. And I pray if there's anyone here this morning who is not saved, who has not surrendered their life to you and made you Lord God, I ask that as you're speaking to their spirit right now, God, they would surrender to you today. God, we thank you that you are great and mighty and you are the only one. And we praise you this morning, God. And we thank you so much for who you are, God. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. You may be seated if you're not already. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Welcome to Northview Harvest Ministries. We're so glad to see our faith family this morning, such a beautiful group. Thank you for being here. And if this is your first time with us this morning, um, if you're a first-time attender, if you'll look in your bulletin on the back page, it says first time here, there's a form that we would ask that you fill out. It just tears right off. If you'll fill that out and take it when you leave this morning out, these doors to the right, there's a welcome center, and there will be a care ministry team there to welcome you, to take your form and give you a gift bag. And if you need prayer, they'll pray with you. Any questions about the ministry, they'll do their best to answer that. So we just want to um, ask you to take advantage of that this morning. Um, I have a few announcements. Please make sure, as I say every Sunday, read this bulletin. It's chock full of information, what's going on here. But we do have a few things coming up quickly. Um, first of all, we do have prayer tonight at 6 o'clock. So we ask that you join us for, the, for tonight for that. You will not be wasting your time. It will be well worth that investment of your time to worship and pray with us. Today is the deadline to register for the Women's Conference in Myrtle Beach. That's the end of September. If you would like to go to that, if you register today, you don't have to pay a late fee. You register after today, there's a late fee. So if you would like to go ahead and get it in early registration, please get that into us. You can see Tracy or Nikki or Felisa. Um, you can also stick it in the offering if you have it with you. So um, if you, we hope that you're going to join us for that. That's going to be a great conference. Also, we only have a few left, but in the hallway, we have the old decor from the Children's Ministries Wing that we're, taking, that we're getting rid of for donations. So if you would like something, I think there's only two pictures left back there and a few little uh, other things on the table. So if you're interested, you can check that out after service. If you don't have the money for it today, we'll, there's a little sticky pad out there. Put your name on it, and we'll save it for you. So um, we just have a few more. We got A bunch of them got gone this morning, so we're excited about that. They got um, called for. So um, that money is going back into the church treasury for the children's wing. So we're going to be redecorating that area. So if you're interested in any of that, it's in these hallways through these doors back here. Also, this Wednesday night, there will be no Bible study classes. We will have our Royal Rangers and Girls Ministries Awards ceremony. So we ask that you come and support them, but no regular classes other than the award ceremony. Okay? So now it's time to give. It's time for us to give back to the Lord. He's given so much to us. So if you need a tithing envelope, if you'll raise your hand, our ushers are coming forward now. They can get one for you. If you need one, just stick your hand up. We want to thank y'all for giving. Who's excited to give this morning? Yes. It is an honor to give back to the Lord. It is an honor to give to him. We honor him with our tithe and our offering. We want to thank all of you who give 
online. If you'll notice the screen, it tells you the ways that you can give online. We give you opportunity. We make it easy for you. And we thank you to all of those who do give online. We also, on Sunday mornings, receive our offering for those of you who want to give in-house. So if you'll stand and prepare to give, our praise band is going to play for us today. We want to thank you in advance for all that you do. We want to thank you for, for honoring the Lord and honoring this house that God has blessed us with. So you can come and give. Renee, can you pull me up on the uh, slide so we can make our confessions over the offering? Please, ma'am. How many of you have seen God meeting your needs? How many of you can declare today He is your Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, my provider. Proverbs 18, 21, death and life from the power of the tongue. Job 22, 28, decree a thing and it shall be established unto you. So basically in these confessions, we're just lining our lives up with the word of the Lord. Amen. So if you would say with me, as we receive today's offering, we are believing the Lord for jobs and better jobs, raises and bonuses, 
benefits, sales and commissions, favorable settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, debts paid off, expenses decrease, blessing and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs that I may have more than enough to give into the kingdom of God and promote the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. There is abundance. There is abundance in this house. In the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody, give the Lord a praise because we believe the word today. We believe there is abundance in this house. And while you're standing, if you got a Bible with you or your smart device that you're going to pull your Bible up, let's go ahead and make our faith statement today before we pray over the offering. Repeat with me. We are sword drawn, word ready, purpose filled. We will not be denied. And in Jesus' name, we will do everything, not somehow, but triumphantly. Amen. So, Lord, now as we've made our confessions and our professions of faith over this offering, we thank you that we have the opportunity to give. You said you would give seed to the sower. God, we thank you for that today. You are our provider. You are Jehovah Jireh. You are our El Shaddai. You are the all-sufficient one. And we declare in the kingdom of God there is no lack. In the kingdom of God, we declare there is no lack. In the kingdom of God, we declare there is no lack. And may my God supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory. So God, we ask you today to meet every need, not just financial needs and not go crazy, just want money, money, money. But Lord, we pray that you bless us with wisdom, bless us with knowledge, bless us with wisdom, and knowledge and understanding and discernment for the times that we live in. And Lord God, I pray today that you would give us insight beyond insight in the name of Jesus. I pray that you would make us healthy and wealthy and wise because sometimes there are some things in those categories that a dollar price cannot put a, a tag on it. And we receive of you today in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Give the Lord a praise while you're seated, if you would. Is anybody excited about Jesus today besides me?
I'll march off the map just a minute. Is that all right? Turn with me to the book of Genesis. Chapter 2. That's the first book of the Bible. If you get to the table of contents, you went too far. And if you go back to the right and you hit the maps, you went way too far the other way. Genesis chapter 2. I'm going to pick up around verse uh, 8. Genesis chapter 2, verse 8. Genesis chapter 2, verse 8. Everybody there? The Bible says the Lord God planted a garden. The Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden. Everybody say this is the garden of Eden. So he planted the garden and look what the scripture says. I'm reading it from the New King James. Are you ready? And there he put the man whom he had formed. Garden, God created a garden and then he put the man whom he had formed into the garden. I need you to understand this. Adam was not formed for the garden. The garden was formed for Adam. And out of the ground, the Lord God made every tree grow that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was also in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And then the scripture goes into talking about the different rivers that, that flowed into that. But look at verse 17, if we can jump down to there. Well, let's jump down to verse 15. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden. I need you to understand this. God did not form Adam in the garden. God formed Adam somewhere else, made the garden, and put him into it. There are some things right now that you are not experiencing in life that God is preparing for you in another sphere, another dimension, or another season of your walk with him that he's going to put you into that garden or that experience or the fulfillment of that desire and design he has for you, but today is not your day for that. So there's some stuff you're praying for and you're believing for that God says, okay, but not now. He's not saying no, he's saying okay, but not now. And see, that's where most Christians, they, that's where they give up. They, they give up because they get frustrated and they think God's not now means no. Because how many of you know, especially us American Christians, we spoiled little folk. I forgot to let children's church go out. My bad. Is the children's church already go out? It's, okay, I think they already had an unheard cry to be delivered. All right, so say this with me. Say, self, God is preparing stuff, seasons, and experiences for me that I have not walked in yet. 
Then the Lord God took the man, I'm back at verse 15, took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, out of every tree of the garden, you may freely eat. Verse 17, pivotal word, but. Somebody repeat that after me, pivotal word, but. You may eat of every tree, freely eat of every tree, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall, not may, maybe, not might, you shall surely die. The day you eat of it, you shall surely die. If I had somebody to climb up on the roof of this building right here and told you to run and jump, run as fast as you can down the decline of this roof, and when you get to the end, jump, what's going to happen when you jump? Somebody took it to the extreme, you're going to die. If you don't die, you're going to be physically maimed for a while, right? Why are you going to die or be physically maimed for a while? Because there's a law called gravity. And if you break the law, look at your neighbor and say, you can't break that law. Do you understand that? You can't break that law. Now see, we go ahead, here's, here's the thing. Let, let me talk to y'all just a minute. How many of y'all ever had a speeding ticket? Never mind, don't answer that question. <laughs> Suppose you get, you are given, you are given a brand new Porsche or a brand new BMW 750IL. I'm gonna find something gonna make somebody happy in a minute. A new Cadillac two-door coupe, souped up, Mustang. Now, well, I need to talk to y'all Southern folk. Y'all don't got excited about a Mustang. Y'all didn't get excited about that BMW. I got to talk to y'all after church. I'm doing some personal counseling, okay? All of the cars that I just mentioned to you will probably go from zero to 100 in five seconds. So imagine you are given that right here in the parking lot of Northview Harvest Ministries and you get out of our parking lot and you turn left and you go up to the, what is that, 501 stop sign and you turn right like you're going toward Wagram. <laughs> you turn right like you're going toward Wagram. Somewhere up there, there is a county uh, deputy who likes to clock people up there. And not only up there, they like to sit out here in our parking lot sometime and clock folk. Why are you smiling, Matt? Our in-house uh, Scotland County officer. 
So if you get out and you turn right like you're going to Wagram and you punch that thing because you just got the keys and you know what it'll do, Rodney McCarter, I know you wouldn't do this, but you're gonna see, will it do what they say it's gonna do? How many of y'all would do that? Danny, raise both hands. Even your wife is pointing at you. Ray, your wife, man, some of y'all's wives are throwing y'all under the bus. But imagine about the time you crested about 120 miles per hour, all of a sudden, whoop. Say on one of those side roads, one of those tractor roads going into one of those agricultural fields. Because if you hadn't ever had that happen to you, I have, boy, making tracks going from Charleston to Florence, South Carolina, in the middle of nowhere, going through the Francis Marion National Forest, and then I hit some farmland, and I'm thinking there ain't no way there's going to be a cop out here. And I was running late. And all of a sudden, in a cornfield, and the corn was fully grown, and there's a tractor road going right in there, and I'm busting at about 80 miles an hour, and about the time I get perpendicular with that tractor road, I look over to my left, and what is sitting in there, but a, not only was it a county, it was a state trooper out there in the middle of nowhere. All I saw was a gray hood sticking out of those corn. And you know what I did? I hit the, I, my, I went on and started slowing down. And sure enough, here she come. It was a her. I was begging for mercy, praying, pleading the blood of Jesus and everything. <laughs> if I'm lying, I'm frying. I told her the truth. I was a pastor running late for a meeting, and uh, I promised her I wouldn't do it again that day. God told Adam, he said, if you eat of this, you're going to surely die. If you break this law, if you break this commandment, you're, gonna, you're going to die. Now imagine you're in your Maserati or your Porsche or whatever, your Mercedes or your BMW, and you're making tracks and you've just crested 120, and all of a sudden in that agriculture and that tractor road and that farm, all of a sudden you look in the rearview mirror and this car comes pulling out, this brown car, and it's that sheriff's deputy. And when he pulls out, Bo, he ain't laying in, I mean, he's, he's laying into this thing. Blue lights are on, you hear the siren. What do you do? You might as well pull over and face the music, right? Put it in park, roll the window down and be waiting. And when he walks up to you, what do you do? Do you look at him, Luke? How, how ludicrous would this be, Luke? Ludicrous Luke. That was work together. How ludicrous would this be, Luke, for you to look up at the officer when he walks up to your car and he says, Mr. McKenzie, why are you speeding? How crazy would it be for you to look at him and say, well, the car will do that. I should be allowed to do it. I ain't getting no help up in here. Well, if the car would do 120, I ought to be allowed to do 120. What is the officer going to respond back to you? You going to jail? 
Uh, I hope you have a nice mo moped because you're not going to be driving a car for a while. Come on, what's something the officer would say to you? License and registration. Why is the officer pulling you over? Why is the officer asking you for your license and registration? Because you broke a law. I don't care if you what you're driving has the capacity it to go 155 in a 55 mile per hour speed limit. Just because it can does not give you the liberty to do what you can do. Now see, here's the thing. You can buzz back and forth to walk through Wagram and Rayford and Fayetteville and you can speed and you can break that speed limit every day of your life. And you can roll the dice and the dice may be that one day or you will never get caught speeding on that back road going up that way. But let me tell you something, folks. One day, you and I are gonna stand before an almighty God because the Bible says it is appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. That is, you stand before the judge and I need to remind everybody under the sound of my voice, everybody that's watching this online, that the scripture teaches us this, that everything we say, everything we think, everything we do is being recorded by God in heaven. Now imagine this. Imagine the next time you go to get your license renewed. What if they looked at you, Pastor Faye? Oh, you probably wouldn't do this. Let me find somebody. Who's a speed? <laughs> I need to find somebody. Ray Paint. What if they said, hold on, Mr. Pate. Ray going there thinking, do I need to do the eye test? Do I need to do the written test? What if they said, hold on, Mr. Pate. We're going to go plug a machine into your truck, that pretty red truck. We're going to go out there and we're going to plug into your, tr your truck's computer system and we're going to look at how many times you have broken the speed limit over the past year. trouble with Ray if that was the case. If, if, what is a lot of hands going up in this place today? <laughs> Listen, folks, in the capacity of the accountability that we have, I need you to understand this. One day, we're all going to stand before God. And everything that we have said and everything that we have done we're gonna to have to give an account for. And God is a righteous judge. He is full of grace, he is full of mercy, and he is full of love. But I'm gonna tell you right now, let me remind you, perfect Adam in a perfect environment, a sinless man in a sinless environment who could eat of any tree in the garden that he wanted to except for one thing. And what does Adam do, y'all? He ate the one tree God told him not to eat of. And what happened to him? He died. Now see, in the natural, we're thinking Adam's gonna bite into this thing and as soon as his jaw muscles contract into the fruit, 
as soon as the flesh of the fruit is broken, that something he's going to have a massive heart attack, massive stroke, cerebral hemorrhage or something, he's just going to fall on the ground dead. Boom, end of story. But that was not the end of story. People, that was only the beginning of the story because he did die. But he didn't flatline in a natural way. He flatlined in a spiritual way. He died spiritually and he was separated from God, which is far worse, folks, than a natural death. But here's the beauty of the story. Here's the beauty of the gospel, folks. The beauty of the gospel is Jesus said, I'm not going to let you stay dead. That would be like ludicrous Luke going 155 down Rayford Road on the other side of Wagram getting pulled over and he's in jail. And they call Jennifer. Sweet, mild-mannered, soft-spoken Jennifer. And Jennifer's immediate response may be, what? And when they say, um, Mrs. McKenzie, would you like to see your husband? Yes. What if her immediate response would be to look at Luke and say, have you lost your mind? I'm just going to leave you in here. <laughs> Can I tell you, folks, that's what love, love won't leave you in there. Somebody say that love won't leave you in there. Love will get you out. Oh, come on, somebody. That's why Romans chapter 5 verse 8 says, here is love. While we were still sinners, God sent his son and he died. Jesus died for us while I was a sinner. Not when I became nice and good at deserving. He loved me when I was undeserving because I could not fix myself. Because how many of you understand this? If you die, you can't give yourself mouth to mouth. If you die, you can't get that little electric box and start shocking your chest back to life. If you die, you are all on your own. You're gonna need help. You're gonna need an outside source. And folks, I wanna tell you today, the gospel of Jesus Christ is all about this. The cross is all about this. We were dead and we needed help from an outside source. I needed somebody that could breathe life back into me. I needed somebody that could take this heart of stone that had locked up and turn it back into a heart of flesh. I was a sinner desperately in need of a savior. Now let me go back to this this car analogy. Joshua, just because my car will go 155, I can't go 155 because that's not what the speed limit is on that Wagram Highway. That speed limit's 55 miles an hour. And though that Honda Accord Sport shows the max speed to be 160, I dare not try to find out if that's the fact. Because if I break the law, I have to pay a price. Adam broke the law. 
and he had to pay a price. And let me throw this one thing out to you. Listen to me well, y'all. Are you ready? Because right now we can sit in this room on August the 20th, 2023, and we can say, that's not fair. Adam did that. Why should I have to pay? Because of this, and this fact still rings true, everybody better hear me well, sin never affects just you. I can rewind, Mom. I'm going to play it again. Sin, I got to work on her with that at home this week. Never mind. Sin never affects just you. It affects people around you. It affects your family. It affects those who love you. If you are parents, you may be opening a door that can affect your children and your grandchildren. Come on, somebody. Because God said, I will visit the sins of the fathers to the third and the fourth generation. Y'all ain't hearing what I just said. That's in the Bible. Exodus chapter 20, I believe it is. He said, I will visit the sins of the fathers to the third. I can count. Third and fourth generations. Get that. Children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, great-great-grandchildren. God said, I will visit unrepentant sin. So you want to let's bring that on down home? Why do you think there's so many, so many poor folk in some of this area? Why do you think there's so much uh, alcoholism? Why do you think there's so much drug use? Why do you think there's so much promiscuity? Because I would dare say somewhere back there a few generations, somebody was living a lifestyle that was in blatant rebellion and sinning against God and threw their fist up in the face of God. And even every time God said, repent, and I will, I will forgive you of your sins. I will make you a new man or a new woman. I will make you a new creature. And they said, I refuse to repent. And their sin is affecting their generations to the third and the fourth generation. I wonder if I got any folk in this building today that would dare stand up before God right now and say, Lord God, by the power and the authority of Jesus' name and by the blood that you shed on the cross, I stand up humbly, transparent before you. And Lord, I pray for grace and mercy and I ask you to forgive me of any sin. Forgive me as a, as a patriarch in, to my family and in my family that anything that has been flowing down through my family line I cut that mess off right now in the name of Jesus. And if there's anything that I have personally done that I am responsible for, if there's any hatred or offense, if there's anything that I have allowed in my heart or my mind that is, a, that is opening the door to my children and my grandchildren and my great-grandchildren and their children, then Lord, today I stand before you and I cry out for mercy and I cry out for grace and I ask you, Lord, break that stuff off of us. because I am a sinner in need of a savior. I dare you to say that out loud because religion will say, you don't need to say that. If you say it once, you're good the rest of your life. But I'm gonna tell you what, the apostle Paul, the man that wrote two thirds of this New Testament, he stood up and when he wrote one of the, uh, one of the epistles, this is what he said. He said, and he said, I am a sinner. The Tim Hodge version 
He said, I'm the chief of sinners. He said, I am the worst sinner of us all. But I'm a sinner saved by grace. I'm a sinner saved by grace. I'm going to say it again. I'm a sinner saved by grace. I'm a sinner saved by grace. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm going to wrap this up because I'm nowhere near what I got on that, that PowerPoint right there. But let me wrap this up. Yes, Lord. Thank you for grace. I read a quote recently from Stephen Lawson, a preacher that I follow some of his stuff on Twitter. Let me find it. I wrote it down. I posted it on Facebook a day or so ago. Stephen Lawson said this. Listen. Grace is not amazing until you know the wrath of God. All right, let me say that over here. Grace is not amazing until you know the wrath of God. All right, so Kim and I spent a couple of days at, at the Hilton downtown Charlotte. That was a gift from us to us from a family member. And uh, we were on the ninth floor, but on the 21st floor and the 22nd floor, on the fancy little elevator that you had to scan your card to get to your floor, on the 21st and 22nd floor, there was a special little tag. It just didn't say 21st floor, 22nd floor. It said premier level. Now, we weren't on the premier level. We, we're 12 floors below the premier level. <clears throat> but I'm from a town with two stoplights, so the ninth floor was good enough for me right there. <laughs> but let me ask you a question. Imagine if you are accustomed to living your life in a penthouse lifestyle at the Hilton. But then somebody takes you out of that penthouse and takes you two blocks away to the next ritzy hotel, the Ritz or whatever, the Carlton or whatever, and they take you into that penthouse. How many of you know if you are accustomed to penthouse living, there's not too much difference between penthouses? But what if you're a street urchin? What if you've been homeless? your entire life what if you've been digging through trash cans at local restaurants just to find something not so rank that you could force it down for food what if when it rained you had no cover what if when it froze you had no heat you had you stink, stank, stunk because you have not been able to shower or bathe. You're homeless. If you took that homeless person, that, that is all they've known their entire lifestyle, 
what if I took them into that elevator in the Hilton and I had a card that gave me access to the 21st, 22nd premier level? And what if when I scanned my card and I pushed that button and that rancid, stinking person that's all they've known is living in ditches and in sewers and trying to find shelter wherever they can. I can't hardly breathe being on the elevator with them. But what about when we get up to the premier level and the door opens? What do you think when I open the door to a penthouse to a person that's lived their entire lives on the street? What do you think they're going to think when they see that penthouse? I ain't getting no help up in here. See, here's our problem. We forgot that we were worse than that homeless person without Christ. See, we have we 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 look at people on the news who blast this lifestyle of entitlement. But listen, folks, let's be honest. In the church, there is a mindset of entitlement. We've been in church so long that we become so familiar with Jesus Christ that we forgot we have been saved from the wrath of God. What, what have we been saved from? Hold up, hold up. Hold up. I, I got something here for y'all. There was a certain rich man. I'm closing this thing right now. I'm through. I'm through. I just got so much inside of me. There was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and, and fared sumptuously every day. But there was a beggar named Lazarus full of sores and who was laid at his gate desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. See, the rich man's living. He's living the penthouse life. Moreover, the dogs came and licked the poor guy's sores. So it was that the beggar died. Everybody say this is a true story. That's what Jesus said there was. See, Jesus didn't say the kingdom of heaven is like in this. He said there was. This is a true story. All right, so Lazarus died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom, paradise. The rich man also died and was buried. Mm-hmm. Get on back. Where am I at? I'm missing a verse. So let me, let me just pick up this here with you. You can read it later. So the rich man wakes up and he is in Hades, the Bible says. He's in hell. Now the next time some idiot tries to tell you that hell is just the grave, that there is no hell, that there's no fire, there's no damnation, there's no judgment, there's no punishment. And they will take you to the Hebrew word or the Greek word for Hades and it can be translated as grave. But I'm gonna tell you what, before you listen to some idiot that can determine your future, you better listen to what Jesus said about this thing. Amen. Because here's what Jesus said. Jesus said, this man, this rich man woke up in Hades and he looked afar off and he saw Abraham across a big chasm or a big gulf in Abraham's bosom in paradise and he saw Lazarus the beggar and listen, listen, the Bible said this man's burning so bad in hell that he cries out across this great gulf and he cries out, Abraham can hear him and he says, listen to me, he said, let Lazarus the poor man that used to lay out in the street by my gate. 
let him stick his finger in water. I ain't getting no help. Don't not bring me a cooler of water, not bring me a bottle of water. I'm burning so bad. If you just let him stick his finger in water and touch my tongue, I ain't getting no help. See, a lot of people don't want to look at that because they're like, oh, God is loving. Oh, God will never do that. God is not doing anything. See, God initiated the law called gravity. So James Weaver, if you jump off the roof, like I mentioned when I started talking today, if you jump off and you break both ankles, don't tell Miss Molly God did this. You chose to jump. I'm preaching better than y'all shouting today. You defied the law. You broke the law. You broke the law. You broke the law. You break that law, you gotta pay. I'm on, oh, I'm preaching. Mm. There's some laws you can sneak around and you can break. You can be unfaithful to your spouse. You can break that law of fidelity and you can get away with it for a while. You might even get away with it forever. You can embezzle money at work and you can find ways to cover it over, sweep it over. You might get away with it some and you might get away with it forever. But you better hear me well. When you draw your last breath, you are gonna open up your eyes and you're gonna stand before a God who took better records than you could ever dream of and when he starts taking that holy finger and going down the page and calling your life off in an itemized list, you better be ready to give an account. And I'm gonna tell you right now, I want to know that as far as my life gets concerned, anything that I've missed the mark on, anything that I've failed God on, anything that I've sinned on, I want to know that God has hard deleted that off of my record and it's covered in blood, it's covered in blood, it's covered in blood. Let me finish what's in my heart. Let me finish what's in my heart. This man is burning so bad, Joshua Bush. If you just let him stick his finger in water and touch my tongue. This man is, he is in pain beyond your wildest imagination. If you just let him touch my tongue with a wet finger, that's desperate. Y'all better hear me now. So when I read Mr. Lawson's quote, that grace is not amazing until we know the wrath of God, my mind, when I read that quote, my mind went to this story. And I'm reminded of this. Because of Adam. Why did I start us off in Genesis 2? Because Adam died. Didn't flatline naturally but he died spiritually. And every person that's been born by the seed of a man since then came out of their mother's womb. Doesn't matter if they're cute and sweet and as precious as little baby Israel that was up here today. Inside of their spiritual being is the curse of the law of sin and death. 
Yes, it's unfair. You can scream unfair all you want to. But I'm going to tell you right now, for 6,000 years, what we would say would be unfair for a beautiful little baby to be born with that element in its nature. God would look at you and say, I didn't do that. Your daddy did. I didn't break the law, but because I am a righteous God, I must enforce the law. Could you imagine burning so bad? Keith, could you imagine burning so bad that if you would just say, Pastor Tim, just stick my finger in your water bottle over there and touch my tongue. And it's going to be like that forever. That's not a week, y'all. That's not a couple of hours and then poof, you're out. That's forever. No time off. So with that in mind, because God loved you so much, Keith, that he watched his only begotten son be beaten to a pulp and nailed to a cross, hanging there with his beard torn out of his face, his body, his skin hanging in ribbons, blood just draining constantly out of his body, a crown of thorns in his head. He's swollen. His face been beaten by 70 men at one time, 600 Roman soldiers. He's sw he doesn't even, Isaiah said, in Isaiah 52, 600 years before Jesus was ever born, he said Jesus will be beaten so bad, he won't even look like a man. He's going to look like roadkill. Can you see? Oh, somebody better listen to what I'm trying to say to you by the Holy Spirit. When Adam took that fruit out of Eve's hand and he put it in his mouth, hear me well. The wrath of God was provoked because as God watched Adam, he knew Adam wasn't just about to affect mankind, but Jesus had already said, Father, when he does it, I'll go get him back. I'll go pay the price. So God the Father watched those muscles contract in Adam's jaw, break the flesh of that fruit, sin and death swoop down into the flesh of man. But God looked at man and listen, he hates sin and he hates death, but Jesus had already said, somebody better make room for me. Come on now. That's why the apostle Paul could write in the book of Galatians at just the right time, God sent forth his son through the seed of a woman. Get that? Because it wasn't through Adam. If he'd have come through Adam, he'd have been born with sin. But woman, God didn't make that covenant with her. When she sinned, listen, when she sinned, she gave the thing to Adam. Adam was the authority. So when Jesus came by the Holy Spirit, that's why I love the Immaculate Conception and anybody that tries to tell me Jesus was born in sin or Jesus was conceived by a man, you might as well get ready for me to laugh in your face because when Mary, the Virgin Mary, I wish I could run around this room a little bit. I wish I could get somebody to run with me because when the Virgin girl said to the angel, she said when the angel told her, you're gonna have a baby and that thing, listen to what he said, that 
thing that is gonna be conceived in you is gonna be a holy thing. You know what the angel is saying? He's saying something's gonna come out of you that the earth has never seen before. Hallelujah. It's gonna be a man, but it's gonna be a God. It's gonna be the son of man, and it's gonna be the son of God. There's only gonna be one like him. She said, she said, how can this thing be? I'm a virgin. How can I have a baby? I have not known a man. I have not been intimate with a man. And baby, I'm going to tell you right now, the angel's words still ring true. The Holy Spirit will overshadow you. That's a fact right there. He came. Son of God, Son of Man. How many of you glad he came? Would you stand up, put your hands together, bless him. Now listen, let, let, me, let me just put an exclamation point right here because I'm nowhere near whatever I was going to preach today. Thank you, Charles, for whispering that in my ear and messing everything up, you and the Holy Ghost. All right? <clears throat> so listen to me well. In light of what the rich man experienced, he is in this continual torment, burning, but he won't burn up like the burning bush on the mountain. It was burning, it was consumed. The fire, the heat was there, but it wouldn't be consumed. I'm gonna tell you what, you better hear me well. I just got a word from the Holy Ghost. You can either burn now or burn later. You can either burn bright and let the love of God burn brightly through you, or you can hold on and burn in eternity. I'm gonna burn now. Set a fire down in my soul. With all that this man said right here, Jesus went into another part. Jesus talked a lot about this place. Nobody wants to talk about it in churches nowadays. They just want to talk about it, God being all lovey-dovey and all soft-spoken. Y'all been watching too much Chosen. I might need to close the app and open the Bible. And let me just say, I don't have anything wrong with the Chosen. I think it's a pretty cool show. But I'm going to tell you what, it's not giving you the whole story. You better go to the book for yourself. You ain't going to be able to stand up before God and say, well, they didn't show me this on The Chosen. That's good preaching right there. I'm going to amen my... It's tight, but it's right. Here's the thing. Stephen Lawson again. Grace is not amazing until you know the wrath of God. 
Jesus saw people in this in this condition, in this this position for eternity before anybody was ever in that position and Jesus said this I will go first, first Peter chapter 1 before the foundations of the world were ever laid Jesus was foreordained to be the Lamb of God who would take away the sins of the world would you look at somebody and say he loves you He died to get you out of this before you were even born. You understand that? Can I tell you this right now? That is grace. Hallelujah. I wonder if there's anybody under the sound of my voice, either on campus in this room or either online, that today you would like to say in your own heart and your own mind, Pastor Tim, Man, I just want to be wrapped up in this amazing grace. I thank God for saving me from this wrath. Because see, folks, here's the law. I was born into death. I was born to die. And I was, it's my right to experience this right here. That's the only right I have as a human being. I was born into sin. I was born to die. I was born into judgment because of what Adam did. But I needed a but to stick, get stuck in there somewhere. But God demonstrated his love for me while I was still a sinner. Hallelujah. I just wonder if anybody would like to come around this altar and just talk to God for a little bit. Maybe you can say in your own heart, Pastor Tim, I'm not where I need to be. I know that. I'm lost as lost can be. And, and if breath were to leave my body right now, I'm going to some place like this right here. I know that. I know you're not lying today, Pastor Tim, but I know you're not lying when you tell me God loves me too. I wonder if there's anybody that just wants to step out of your seat and come up here and just make things right with God, just you and him. Come on. I wonder if there's any of my spirit-filled, blood-bought children of God in this room today that right now you just have a greater awareness and a greater grasp of how amazing grace is, that that is what we deserve, but grace has kept us from what we do deserve, and grace will give us what we do not deserve. I wonder if there's anybody just wants to come up in a heart of thanksgiving around this altar today. Come now. Hey. Come on, just you and God. Just you and God. Just you and God. You don't need somebody to lay hands on you right this minute. Somebody might before you leave here. You don't need somebody to prophesy over you. They might before you leave here. But right now, you just need Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Break every strong. Shine through the shadows of her life. God, make grace amazing to us today. God, make grace amazing to us. Give us fresh revelation and insight, God. 
at how much Jesus loves us, how much our Father in heaven loves us, that he would send his only begotten Son for us. Hallelujah. I need some elders and some, uh, some of our ministers to come up here and help pray, please. Hallelujah. Just be led of the Holy Spirit right now. In the name of the Lord God Almighty. Thank you, Lord, for amazing grace. Thank you. Because I know there is peace within your presence. Thank you for keeping us. Thank you for keeping us. Oh, thank you, Lord God. I just want to speak. And I just want to speak the name of Jesus Until every dark addiction starts to break Declaring there is hope Declaring there is hope and there is freedom I speak Jesus We speak Jesus I speak Jesus I speak Jesus. Your name
Jesus. There's freedom and there's liberty in your name. There's freedom and there's liberty in your name. There's freedom and there's liberty. There's freedom and there's liberty. He has delivered us. He has delivered us. He has delivered us. He has delivered us. He has delivered us from the kingdom of darkness. And he's translated us. He's conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love. I've been delivered from one kingdom and beamed up into another. All because of Jesus. Hallelujah. All because of Jesus. 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 Somebody just say that all because of Jesus. All because of Jesus. All because of Jesus. Hallelujah. All because of Jesus. All because of Jesus. No other name like the name of Jesus. Nobody could do me like Jesus. Jesus. Jesus Christ. 
God that we were the street urchins lost in sin and death just trying to survive with no way to escape our present situations but one day the Holy Spirit pulled on our heart and invited us into the family of God just like Joseph in the book of Genesis was taken out of the prison cell, cleaned up, a new garment was put upon him, shaved and bathed and his hair fixed and 
Later that day, they ushered him into the presence of Pharaoh, the most powerful man on the planet. The Holy Spirit, one day you came and you visited us while we were still lost in our sin. Though our sin were as scarlet, covered, guilty, stained, the Holy Spirit, you purged us. Titus says that you washed us, you baptized us into the blood of Christ and we went in guilty as sin, but we went out, we came out pure, holy, and blameless, hallelujah. You cleaned us up, you did for us what we could not do for ourselves. And you ushered us into the presence of the Father to present us to him as his child. Thank you today, Lord God. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Hallelujah. say something, Pastor Tim? Yes, please. Um, the Lord set this young man free from demonic oppression this morning. Can we give God praise for that? Yeah. Thank you, Father. I appreciate I appreciate Holy Spirit doing that this morning and the example of his deliverance because earlier in the service, it was just like I could see some of God's people, you own your property, but you've allowed trespassers on your property. Uh, you know, this is our property out here. It belongs to this church, but if, if a family came and wanted to pitch their tent out there and stay for a while, they would be trespassing, but they could trespass until we put them off. Until we said you cannot trespass here any longer. Yes. And sometimes we get so comfortable, as Pastor Tim was preaching earlier, and so familiar with, with the move of the Holy Spirit and with our life in the Lord, till we get, um, we allow trespassers on our property. And God had shown me this morning there are many of us here today who've allowed trespassers on your property, and it's time for you to, <laughs> it's promised for you to get the hell out. <laughs> It's, it's time for you to say, devil, you can no longer trespass on my property. I plead the blood. I plead the blood. I plead the blood. I plead the blood. And I want to tell you something else. As long as you allow those, oh, you can talk in tongues and still have devils trespassing on your property. 
You can fast and pray and still have devils trespassing on your property. But there comes a time when, the, when like the prophet said, deliver yourself, O daughter of Zion. And there's times as born again believers, we just need to get in the presence of God and deliver ourselves. It's time for us to say, I take authority I, for my family, for my nation, for my children. I put the stakes down now. Get off of my property. I evict you. It's time to put up some eviction notices in our life today and plead the blood of Jesus over it. So come on, church. Don't just shout about it. Go ahead and do it right now. Deliver yourself, O daughter of Zion. Deliver yourself right now. Take authority. Put the devil off of your property in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. We say yes to you. We say yes and amen to that right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Blessed be my rock, the glory and the lifter up of my head. just give him some love. truth you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free we welcome freedom sized truth not man's opinion not religious ordinances we welcome truth your word oh lord is truth hallelujah Would you assume the position to allow me to bless you today? The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. May the Lord put his name upon you and all the children of Northview Harvest Ministries 
bear his name. Go and fulfill his purpose and his design for your lives. In the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. And let's just one more time as a means of thanksgiving to the Lord for all that he's done in everybody today. Put your hands together and give the Lord a praise.